As a rose among its thorns, so is my beloved among the other maidens. So says Hashem in the beginning of the second chapter of the Song of Songs. Kishoshana bein hachoichim. As a rose among its thorns, a rose, every rose has its thorns, just like every night has its dawn and every cowboy sings his sad, sad song. Every rose is always surrounded by thorns. And Hashem says that we are His rose among the thorns. So is my beloved among the other maidens, the other nations, the world, the thorns of life. And Hasidus explains that 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 we are, that rose among the thorns, the ultimate rose among the thorns, that we live a life of a rose among the thorns, of a sheishana ben achoychim, the koyach, the power, the ability, the energy, the stamina that we have, that we've had all the generations and we still have till today to continue no matter how many thorns there are, no matter how prickly and painful they could be, the ability that we have to continue to do whatever we need to do to remain the loyal beloved of our dod, our love, our master of the universe, Hashem HaKadosh Baruch Hu, our lover. The strength we have to remain loyal and to remain, keep our head above the thorns. You know, a rose, is, a rose is always has to be higher than its thorns. No matter how big the waves want us to keep one's head out of the water, as long as one's head is out of the water, as long as the rose is above the thorns, where do we have that ability from? It's from Rivka Imenu. It's from our matriarch Rivka. Rivka was the quintessential Shoshana ben Achoychim, as all the holy books explain. She was a tzadikus growing up, completely surrounded with by impurity, by people that completely were different than her, not just different, but antagonistic and living in a state of impurity. And even her parents and her brother, Rivka was literally alone, a rose among the thorns. All the holy books say that Rivka was that rose among the thorns. And that's why in this week's Parsha, there's a superfluity, I don't know if that's a word or not. There's so many superfluous psukim. The, the, there's such a long, lengthy exposition of the story of the Shidduch, of the mysterious coming together of Yitzchak and Rivka. As the sages already point out, that so many aspects of our Torah are only hinted to. There's, ain't, there's no extra letter in Torah. And we learn out halachis from an extra word or an extra letter. And here the story of the Shidduch, of the coming together of Yitzhak and Rivka, the Torah goes at such great length because Yitzchak was the opposite of Rivka. Yitzchak was the quintessential oila tmima, completely perfect sacrifice. Yitzchak was on the altar he was without a blemish about to be sacrificed on God's altar at the end of last week's parsha by the binding, by the Akedah. And the holy books say that there was an aspect of that even before the knife touched him, his soul left his body. And he was in Gan Eden for three years. That's what's brought in some books, that his soul actually left his body and he was in Gan Eden for three years, which is why Yitzchak was never allowed to leave the land of Israel. He's the only one out of the three patriarchs. He was an Eula Tamima, a sacrifice. He wasn't allowed to leave Eretz Yisrael. So and he was born, Yitzhak was the first one born of a holy seed after his father Avram circumcised from Avram and Sarah. Yitzhak was the most holiest tzaddik 
The holiest tzaddik, the ultimate example of an Ishalikim, a godly person. And Rivka? Rivka was a rose among the thorns. She was surrounded by filth. She was living in the most difficult tests. And so the story of the coming together of Yitzhak and Rivka is the story of the coming together of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and us, is the Shidduch of God Almighty and each and every one of us. Each and every one of us has to have a Shidduch. We have to, we're, we're all dating God. When Mashiach comes any moment, is going to be the Nisuin, is going to be the consummation when we will become one flesh with God. But now we're dating and we're all having that Shidduch. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu, transcendent, infinite being that's Kaddish, Kaddish, Kaddish and we, each and every one of us prickly and being torn to pieces by all these thorns by the difficulties of life the things that are so many things that are taking us away from Hashem that's every moment around us so many challenges, so many tests all the time but we are all descendants of Rivka, and just like Rivka was able to be that Shoshana ben Echoichim, each and every one of us is that rose among the thorns. And no matter how many tests, you know, all the holy books teach that life is about Nisyoinus, is about tests. Avram Avinu was tested ten times before Hashem Berechus Avram Bakol, that God blessed Avram with everything, was through him being tested. And each of any, every, one, every one of us, we all have to be tested in life. And you know, Hasidus explains. Why is it that we have to be tested? And one of the reasons that's given by Chesidus is that because as long as we're serving God based our own, our, on our own plans, the way we want to serve God, like I want to keep Torah mitzvahs, Hashem, I want to keep Torah mitzvahs, I'm, I'm willing to do it, but I want to do it on my terms. I can't serve you, Hashem, I can't learn Torah, I can't, I can't do these things for you if X, Y, and Z. Take away X, Y, and Z, or let me have X, Y, and Z, and then I could serve you. So we want to serve Hashem on our terms. But Hasidus explains that God is the ultimate Kaddish, 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 the transcendent being. And to be a rose that will be able to consummate and be one with Hashem, it has to be on His terms. It can't just be what we want. It has to be that Hashem decides how we're going to serve Him. He sends us those thorns. He knows which thorns are going to prickle us and stick us and bring out the most beautiful smell. Or better stated, God doesn't just send us thorns. God manifests as the thorns. God contracts his light through millions of descents, through millions of worlds and levels to become thorns, tests, to see if we'll find him even there, if we'll stay that rose among the thorns with that beautiful smell with our head above the water, like the rose sticking up above all those thorns. Listen to this poem by Charles Hamilton Sorley. It's called The Seekers. The gates are open on the road that leads to beauty and to God. Perhaps the gates are not so fair, nor quite so bright as once they were. When God himself on earth did stand and gave to Abraham his hand and led him to a better land. For lo, now the unclean walk therein, and those that have been soiled with sin, the publican and harlot pass along, they do not stain its grass. In it the needy has his share, in it the foolish do not err. Yes, spurned and fool and sinner stray along the highway and the way." And what if all its ways are trod by those whom sin 
brings near to God. The journey soon will make them clean. Their faith is greater than their sin. For still they travel slowly by, beneath the promise of the sky, scorned and rejected utterly, unhonored, things of little worth, upon the high roads of this earth, afflicted, destitute, and weak, nor find the beauty that they seek, the God they set their trust upon. Yet still they march rejoicing on.